Welcome to this episode of Mental Illness Life. I'm Brooke, and if this is the first time you're listening, I will give you a brief overview. Um, I have been living with mental illness successfully for most of my adult life, and what I am trying to do on this journey is break the stigma of having mental illness, living with it, and then, you know, the... I think the real core issue is when someone is struggling and just doesn't have the tools, I, I just hope to be able to provide some tools for you so that you feel like you have something out there. And it's not just a couple of like inspirational quotes or, you know, funny memes on the internet um, that are supposed to get you through your day. Like, as you'll come to find out, I believe that's a bunch of bullshit. So I really want to start with talking about stigma. Um, you know, that is the real, real core issue here is that there is such a huge stigma around the words mental Ill- illness. What what does it mean? What does it mean to each person? Because it's such a vast illness that hits us all in different, different ways that we need to maybe define it a different way. So like the the Webster's definition of stigma is a mark of disgrace associated with a particular circumstance, quality, or person. Then with Wikipedia, social stigma is the disapproval of or dis- discrimination against a person based on perceivable social characteristics that, su- that serve to distinguish them from other members of society. Social stigmas are commonly related to culture, gender, race, intelligence, and health. And interestingly enough, in the Christian tradition, because one episode I've I've carved out uh, a whole bunch of time to talk about religion and faith and uh, in particular organized religion and what that has to do with mental health and, and anxiety and all of the things that like can come out of that. So. I say interestingly enough, because in Christian tradition, the word stigma, it refers to marks corresponding to those left on Jesus's body by the crucifixion. So just like let that sink in for a little while. So I have to also say before I get too far into the stigma section that um, I I am a little manic right now. And if you did listen to my first um, episode, you would know that um, I, I touched briefly on my diagnoses and um, however we want to call this, my psychosis, my neuroses, all of these like very severe sounding words, but that's those are the words. I suffer from PTSD, bipolar 2, general anxiety disorder, and adjustment disorder. I have promised to go into each of those in depth, but just know that right now I am kind of in the middle of a bipolar manic episode. And it, it may sound like that is such a severe thing and I should be like bouncing off the walls. And I am a little bit, um, but thankfully because of the medication that I'm on, it has stabilized me in such a way that I can actually function and, and do this type of thing. But on the other side of it is it actually gives me this sort of, uh, burst of energy and, you know, it may, it's a little bit uncomfortable and I don't know, you know, hopefully I have a lot of listeners who do suffer from bipolar and can understand and maybe just find some reprieve in the fact that like, look, dudes, 
I get it. I I am in it. I will always have this. And just like I've always said, it's like having any other illness. I'm just managing. I'm managing it just like a diabetic would manage their insulin. I'm managing it just like somebody with kidney disease would need dialysis. And thank fuck that I am managing it because I, I would not be a functioning member of society. And because I'm so open about all of this, um, is why I feel like I want to record this episode in the midst of this. Granted, I did take another medication that helps me sort of short term. So I might actually slow down a little bit and not be like all over the place. But for right now, this is me. This is how we're going to get my tagline for this for this podcast is as crazy as it fucking gets. And it that may seem like I'm going to, you know, start like speaking in tongues and and talking about my, you know, sex with aliens. But but that's not actually what crazy means to me. Um, what crazy means to me is in my life in particular, um, being self-aware and it, it, it's not a bad connotation in, in my world, in my head, because I have always felt like I was the lucky one. I'm the lucky one who was able to sort of figure this out. And it's not a, you know, I'm not cured, (laughs) certainly not cured, but I know exactly what's happening to me at all times. And maybe that was a lot of the motivation is I'm such a control freak. But knowing what's wrong and what I can do about it and who I can go to, that is where the real comfort is. That's where, you know, that's where I know I'm going to be okay is because I'm in control of my own crazy. So going back to the stigma part of things, okay, so a couple of things have happened, two or three things. Uh, Before I even uploaded the first episode, my roommate said to me, you know, I really don't think you should do this. I think that you know, people might get the wrong idea. You might lose clients. So, um, the backstory is that I am self-employed. I have been for many, many years. I feel like part of who I am as a person, um, and who I am as a, as a sufferer of mental illness is that I really can't work for other people. I, I, I need to work for myself. And that's just something that I've had to, to go with and, um, and pursue that because, uh, because that's what has worked for me. And I've, you know, it took a while. Um, and I did have to work for other people for many, many years and then realized that the thing that's going to work for me, and I may not make a ton of money and I may not have the same kinds of things that a person might have in a corporation with like 401k and crap like that. Um, but the fact is I enjoy this. I am a web developer. And what my roommate was saying to me was, you know, people might hear this and and may not hire you for the job because, you know, they're going to hear this, this wild story and, and think that you're not going to be stable enough to actually do the work. And, you know, it, it took me a second to be like, yeah, but I don't want those clients. And I'm able to pick and choose clients at this point. And I've already lost a few contracts in the, in the very recent past that had nothing to do with this podcast. So I'm really kind of like, well, fuck it, you know? And then, I, you know, another friend said, do you feel like you're ready for this? Is this going to bring up a lot of stuff? Because recording that first podcast, I definitely, it brought up a lot of past issues. Obviously, it was going to. Obviously, I knew this was going to be difficult for my mind, for the the memories to, to come up, to bubble to the, the surface. And I again, I thought, fuck it. This is what I, I need to do this. I've been told 
I need to tell this story. And if that means that there's going to be some backlash and some haters, and I don't even know what else to call it, then that's what it means because it needs to happen. Another friend said, actually years ago, I was really struggling with whether or not to do this or tell the story. Or I've, I've had people say, I'll go straight a book for you because I'm just a terrible writer. Um, when I s- sat down to think about that, or th- they'll get me a TED talk or I'll do something like that and talk about the you know drug use and the trauma and all of it. And I thought, oh my gosh, what if it gets back to my family? What if it gets back to customers of mine? And like, they hear these wild stories. Uh, is it going to hurt people's feelings? Is, you know, what's going to happen? And again, I finally got to the point where I said, fuck it. This is, ha- this has to be done. I have to tell this story. I need to get to people. And because if I get to be old and gray and I regret doing this, that is the worst thing. Not family hearing this and people who, you know, caused problems for me in my early life, if they get wind of it, that's, it's just going to happen or maybe it won't. But I will say that that has held me back quite a bit. And I feel like it's a stigma because if those people caused me secondhand smoke and now I have lung cancer, you know what I'm saying? Like that would be a different issue. So I let a couple of friends listen to the first episode um, of Mental Illness Life. And one of them said, just like all in caps and exclamation points. And it just like really, it just warmed my heart because I know that she's one that on social media, you know, she's super beautiful and has this beautiful family and it's all very perfect. And I know for a fact that she's in a very happy marriage and really does live the life that she portrays, but she gets a lot of haters, a lot of haters because she's very comfortable in her own skin and, you know, wears what she wants and is always made up. And that's her, like, that's her, her deal. And she's beautiful. But the thing you don't know, or you don't see is her severe depression and social anxiety. And when she listened to that, she said, Brooke, this hit really it really hit home for me because she was the first one in her family to actually seek help for her severe depression and social anxiety. And so again, it's that family stigma, like what are they going to think? Or, or if you get diagnosed and you tell your family, they're going to somehow think, uh, you know, are they going to take it personally? Or they're going to think like they did this to you or that, what do they have if you have mental illness or they won't believe in it or you know, the list goes on or they're super religious or, you know, any of that. Um, that's what has to stop. We have to stop worrying about what anyone else thinks because your health is the most fucking important thing that there is. And especially when you have kids and a spouse that, that care about you and depend on you, you need to be your best self. And that means from the top down. So just, you know, keep listening to this message me. We can have a conversation. I can point you in the right direction. Go to your general practitioner, like immediately and say, I'm, you know, I'm struggling with this. I don't really know how I feel, but something's got to give. And you know what, if that general practitioner gives you some sort of attitude or stigma or whatever, go to another one. Okay. You keep going until you find what works because no one's going to do it for you. I can't do it for you. I can only tell you my story and tell you 
about my opinions and what has happened in my life and the people who I surround myself with. I cannot take you to the doctor. Dealing with a situation right now with someone very close to me is very, very ill, but refuses to go to the doctor because they are so afraid of what's going to happen. And it's, it's heartbreaking to me because I am a fixer that this is just who I am, regardless of mental illness. Like we all have our traits, right? You might be uh, a follower. You might be, you know, someone who's a really, really good worker and just, you know, give you instruction and you go with it. Well, so as a business owner and a technician, really, I've been in IT for 20 years. So I like to fix things. And that that's what makes sense to me. That's what gives me peace is computer programming and putting those those building blocks together into something that just works, right? So I'm a fixer in everything. I want to I want to do everything for my son who's 14 and struggles at school and I wish I could just go to the school and fix it for him. I just want to fix it. Um and so so that's the way I am with this with this person in my life is I just want to fix it. I'm one to I have I have no problem going to the doctor. I just had my Achilles tendon uh, operated on, which was a very intense surgery. I'm still in in recovery and physical therapy and all of it. But I was like, yeah, cut me open, you know, hook me up. And so I don't really quite know how to deal with this person not wanting to go to the doctor. It is um, very stressful and causing me just quite a bit of of angst. Uh, And I use that word a lot. Like, when I'm just angst out and you don't really know what to do. Um, in this case, I'm recording a podcast. So actually yesterday, um, on Tuesday mornings, I go to my therapist who's fucking amazing. She's so amazing. Like we really just sit and have a conversation, but the thing is it's an entire hour of just focused on me. And for a lot of people, that's just what you need is to just focus on and with someone else, focus on yourself for just that period of time. And so when I was talking to her and I was getting really riled up and my like depression, my stuff manifests itself probably a little differently than others. It, it looks almost as if I'm having an anxiety attack, but really it's kind of this depressive episode where lately. And so like all day today, it just didn't seem like anything was working. Um, the fact is nothing was working. I've been trying to do this diet. That's not working. I created a a web funnel for a client and it's not working. I, my son comes home from school and still hasn't turned shit in. And so that's not working. The uh, pseudo relationship I have with my roommate is so unbelievably not working. And it just piled on and piled on and piled on. And it it was like a, you know, elephant sitting on my chest. And I went into therapy yesterday, just in tears. Like, I just don't know what to do. I'm, I have this trip planned for this weekend. And I don't know if I have enough money and you know, just, and, 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 and I just, and I said, I just want to fix it. I just want to fix it all. And she said to me calmly, Brooke, not today. You're not. And that hit me. And she goes, um, let's look at the, the basic facts. You have a roof over your head. You have clothes. You have food to eat. Your child is healthy. 
you have a car to drive. And I had to sit. And of course, I have to analyze every little thing. There's probably a lot of you like that, right? Where, I mean, and women just do this. This isn't a mental illness thing. We're women and we analyze fucking everything. Okay. And so I'm sitting there going, I do have a roof over my head. You know, I don't own this house, but it's a great house and it's big and it's in a great neighborhood and I can have my dog here. And, you know, I couldn't be happier. It's fairly inexpensive rent for where it's at and have to analyze each, each thing and stop going to, well, but I wish I owned a house or, oh, but I, I wish that, you know, I could do this to the house or I wish it didn't, you know, have this flaw, but there's a roof over my head and over my son's head. I have a bed to sleep in, you know, going through these, the basic facts is what she calls it and saying, not today. You're not, you're not fixing it all today. You may not fix it tomorrow. And then I thought about this trip that I've got. I have already have the plane tickets. Um, I have a friend where I'm going uh, that has a place for me to stay. And I've stayed with her before. And so it's not like imposing on her. And I'm just going to, I just decided not to rent a car, which sucks because I love renting cars and driving fast in California. But anyway, um, I'm just, I'm going to go anyway and budget the shit out of it because these are the things you have to do. It's uncomfortable because I don't know how much money I really can put toward it. And I don't like traveling without a decent chunk of money. But in this case, I got to get out of town. So when we talk about mental illness and the things that we need to do to manage it, and in this case, depression, we need to do the things that get us out of the house, that get us to surround ourselves with amazing people, right? And to do the things that just make us happy. I will tell you that one of the most fun things for me is to travel by myself. I love to travel by myself. I love to go to the airport with headphones in and walk around the airports, sit and and work a little bit when waiting for the plane. It's just, it's a little adventure. So I thought I'm going to not, not go. That brings up this point of surrounding yourself with the right people. So there's a quote by Sigmund Freud that says, before you diagnose yourself with depression or low self-esteem, first, make sure you are not, in fact, surrounded by assholes. He really did say that. And I feel like this is a big, big point to make. Uh, Make sure that you're not just sad because your friends suck. You know, what goes around you, what like happens around you and the people you surround yourself with, that energy is going to permeate everything about you. And that is going to make you sad. The other thing too, is this isn't just about like surrounding you with yourself with people who, um, are physically around you, but even on social media, I'm sure. And if you haven't read this, you should really go look it up. But the statistics for scrolling through social media and watching all the pictures and the the life that people want you to see, uh, it actually makes us more depressed. So again, we need to pull the stigma away, first of all. Then we need to really talk about what depression is. Then we need to recognize who we're surrounding ourselves with, 
what we're looking at on a daily basis, what we're telling ourselves, and then the the final real meat of it is seeing your doctor. See your doctor. Go and see a therapist. Go and see a psychiatrist. I guarantee you that most insurance plans have portions for mental mental health. I, I guarantee it because I've been doing this a long time. So just trust that the process works. I also, in another episode, I think I'm going to talk a lot about exercise and sex because both of those things, if you don't include those in your life, the physical touch of another human being in you know a consensual way and exercise, you are just going to make it all worse. doesn't matter how many medications you take. doesn't matter how much talk therapy you do. If you don't include sex and exercise in your life, you will not be able to manage mental illness. You just won't. And we'll talk a lot about that because I'm all about sex. Let's talk all about it. So I want to end with this. Um, Seeking help is absolutely the hardest thing. You feel like you failed. You feel like you can't do it on your own. You feel like there's just something wrong with you that you've that you've like lost or something and that you just can't control yourself anymore. And that's just so far from the truth. I want to leave with a couple of quotes um, because again, writing's not my strong suit, but when I do find things that um, say what I want to say, I, I definitely feel like I should uh, integrate that into my podcast because, you know, these people are saying what, what I feel. And so the ever lovely Demi Lovato says, I wish people could understand that the brain is the most important organ of our body. Just because you can't see mental illness like you could see a broken bone doesn't mean it's not as detrimental or devastating to a family or an individual. C.S. Lewis says, mental pain is less dramatic than physical pain, but it is more common and also more hard to bear. The frequent attempt to conceal mental pain increases the burden. It is easier to say my tooth is aching than to say my heart is broken. And so this, my friends, concludes my second episode about mental illness, stigma, and the types of things that we deal with really on a daily basis. And I hope that this is helping at least either understand the people in your life who have mental illness um, or struggling, or if you're struggling, hopefully this is going to give you an outlet to understand that there are those of us who are living successfully with it and understand ourselves. And I just want that for you. So please support the the podcast if you can. Um, Share it with everyone you know. And I hope to see you on the next episode where we are going to talk about um, street drugs and post-traumatic stress disorder and how EMDR saved my life. So that's going to be really fun. So please come back and check it out. And I hope you guys have a great day. So actually yesterday, um, on Tuesday mornings, I go to my therapist who's fucking amazing. She's so amazing. Like we really just sit and have a conversation. But the thing is, it's an entire hour of just focused on me. And for a lot of people, that's just what you need is to just 
focus on and with someone else, focus on yourself for just that period of time. And so when I was talking to her and I was getting really riled up and my like depression, my stuff manifests itself probably a little differently than others. It, it looks almost as if I'm having an anxiety attack, but really it's kind of this depressive episode where lately, and so like all day today, it just didn't seem like anything was working. Um, the fact is nothing was working. I've been trying to do this diet. That's not working. I created a, a web funnel for a client and it's not working. I, my son comes home from school and still hasn't turned shit in. And so that's not working. The pseudo relationship I have with my roommate is so unbelievably not working. And it just piled on and piled on and piled on. And it, it was like a, you know, elephant sitting on my chest. And I went into therapy yesterday, just in tears. Like, I just don't know what to do. I'm, I have this trip planned for this weekend and I don't know if I have enough money and just, and, 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 and I just, and I said, I just want to fix it. I just want to fix it all. And she said to me calmly, Brooke, not today. You're not. And that hit me. And she goes, um, let's look at the, the basic facts. You have a roof over your head. You have clothes. You have food to eat. Your child is healthy. You have a car to drive. And I had to sit. And of course, I have to analyze every little thing. There's probably a lot of you like that, right? Where, I mean, and women just do this. This isn't a mental illness thing. We're women and we analyze fucking everything. Okay. And so I'm sitting there going, I do have a roof over my head. You know, I don't own this house but it's a great house and it's big and it's in a great neighborhood and I can have my dog here. And it, it, you know, I couldn't be happier. It's fairly inexpensive rent for where it's at and have to analyze each, each thing and stop going to, well, but I wish I owned a house or, Oh, but I, I wish that, you know, I could do this to the house or I wish it didn't, you know, have this flaw, but there's a roof over my head and over my son's head. I have a bed to sleep in, you know, going through these, the basic facts is what she calls it and saying, not today. You're not, you're not fixing it all today. You may not fix it tomorrow. And then I thought about this trip that I've got. I have already had the plane tickets. Um, I have a friend where I'm going, uh, that has a place for me to stay and I've stayed with her before. And so it's not like imposing on her. And I'm just going to, I just decided not to rent a car, which sucks because I love renting cars and driving fast in California. But anyway, um, I'm just, I'm going to go anyway and budget the shit out of it because these are the things you have to do. It's uncomfortable because I don't know how much money I really can put toward it. And I don't like traveling without a decent chunk of money. But in this case, I got to get out of town. So when we talk about mental illness and the things that we need to do to manage it, and in this case, depression, we need to do the things that get us out of the house, that get us to surround ourselves with amazing people, right? And to do the things that just make us happy. I will tell you that one of the most fun things for me is to travel by myself. I love to travel by myself. I love to go to the airport with headphones in and walk around the airports, sit and and work a little bit when 
waiting for the plane. It's just, it's a little adventure. So I thought I'm going to not, not go. That brings up this point of surrounding yourself with the right people. So there's a quote by Sigmund Freud that says, before you diagnose yourself with depression or low self-esteem, first, make sure you are not, in fact, surrounded by assholes. He really did say that. And I feel like this is a big, big point to make. Uh, Make sure that you're not just sad because your friends suck. You know, what goes around you, what like happens around you and the people you surround yourself with, that energy is going to permeate everything about you. And that is going to make you sad. The other thing too is this isn't just about like surrounding you with yourself with people who um, are physically around you, but even on social media, I'm sure. And if you haven't read this, you should really go look it up. But the statistics for scrolling through social media and watching all the pictures and the the life that people want you to see, uh, it actually makes us more depressed. So again. We need to pull the stigma away, first of all. Then we need to really talk about what depression is. Then we need to recognize who we're surrounding ourselves with, what we're looking at on a daily basis, what we're telling ourselves. And then the the final real meat of it is seeing your doctor. See your doctor. Go and see a therapist. Go and see a psychiatrist. I guarantee you that most insurance plans have portions for mental mental health. I, I guarantee it because I've been doing this a long time. So just trust that the process works. I also, in another episode, I think I'm going to talk a lot about exercise and sex because both of those things, if you don't include those in your life, the physical touch of another human being in you know a consensual way and exercise, you are it's just going to make it all worse. Doesn't matter how many medications you take, doesn't matter how much talk therapy you do, if you don't include sex and exercise in your life, you will not be able to manage mental illness. You just won't. And we'll talk a lot about that cuz I'm all about sex. Let's talk all about it. So, I want to end with this. Um seeking help is absolutely the hardest thing. You feel like you failed you feel like you can't do it on your own. You feel like there's just something wrong with you that you've that you've like lost or something and that you just can't control yourself anymore. And that's just so far from the truth. I want to leave with a couple of quotes um because again, writing's not my strong suit, but when I do find things that um say what I want to say, I I definitely feel like I should uh, integrate that into my podcast because, you know, these people are saying what, what I feel. And so the ever lovely Demi Lovato says, I wish people could understand that the brain is the most important organ of our body. Just because you can't see mental illness, like you could see a broken bone, doesn't mean it's not as detrimental or devastating to a family or an individual. C.S. Lewis says, Mental pain is less dramatic than physical pain, but it is more common and also more hard to bear. 
The frequent attempt to conceal mental pain increases the burden. It is easier to say my tooth is aching than to say my heart is broken. And so this, my friends, concludes my second episode about mental illness, stigma, and the types of things that we deal with really on a daily basis. And I hope that this is helping at least either understand the people in your life who have mental illness um, or struggling, or if you're struggling, hopefully this is going to give you an outlet to understand that there are those of us who are living successfully with it and understand ourselves. And I just want that for you. So please support the the podcast if you can. Um, Share it with everyone you know. And I hope to see you on the next episode where we are going to talk about um, street drugs and post-traumatic stress disorder and how EMDR saved my life. So that's going to be really fun. So please come back and check it out. And I hope you guys have a great day.